0: Do you struggle with a dry, dull, tangled, or itchy beard? Maybe you find little beard hair curls all over the bathroom sink. Have you found that most beard products are too greasy, don't soften your beard, or smell bad in general? If this is you, there is a simple solution to your problem. If you are looking for a change in to level up your beard game, then you need to try nine Hair Co Beard products. These products were created for men of color all-natural and organic premium oils for maximum quality. Nine Hair Co products will nourish, protect, and soothe your beard and skin. The beard oil is designed for clean-shaven to medium beards, while the beard balm is designed for medium to thick beards. Both products relieve itching during growth, add moisture, and promote shine. Can you use beard oil and the beard balm together? Absolutely, yes you can. For more information on leveling up your beard, click the link for ninehairco.com in the description box below.
1: All right, we're back. The radio show ATL The Aftermath. We're on the air. Another great interview, and a great interview deserves a great guest host, and we got our friend Tanya from Notorious Moms Podcast with us. Tanya, what's up? Welcome back to the show.
2: What's up? I feel like I'm a friend of the show. I love coming on. Feel like? Feel like you know you are. You know <laughs> I am. Right. I you am.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Always, always. You know, yeah, my peeps, my Atlanta peeps. Yes, I yes, love
1: it. We definitely. You know, look forward to having you when we can, and I definitely wanted you on this one with me because we're going to be talking to Mike Larusso. So he's an author who is a sales expert. So he's trying to help people who are in that you know that job space maximize their time in their job. What are you look forward to and learning from Mike?
2: Um, I think that just learning how how the sales goes and um, you know, what kind of roadblocks he had and you know all kind all those things that um pertain to like sales and business i think that's you know really interesting stuff especially you know we're all business people you know we're trying to be and i think that getting some insight from him would be super dope
1: this is true so i tell you what let's bring mike in and let's have that conversation you are now
3: listening to the radio show atl
2: So I would get rid of New Year's, and I'll tell you why. Um, Because listen, there is no new me. I'm in my mid-30s. This is (laughs) it. This is it. That's all you got. (laughs) I am who I am.
3: You're listening to The Radio Show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers.
1: All right, we got another episode of The Radio Show ATL, The Aftermath, on the air, and we have with us Mike LaRusso. He's a sales consultant and also an author. Mike, thanks so much for making time to come on the show. We definitely appreciate it. Oh, I'm excited to be here.
2: Hi, Mike.
3: Welcome. Hi. How are you? Good. <laughs>
1: right, Mike, so like you know, we are excited to talk to you. You know, pick your brain and you know just learn more sure. about you and your story. So, I guess we should start with your your job title. You say sales consultant, but there are a lot of people who would not know what that is. So, can you talk about what that is in Yeah,
3: Yeah, um, I don't like the term, but it's it seems to work. It's not the fancy consultant that goes out to expensive lunches. Uh, it's closer to like an independent contractor would be more accurate, except they use the term consultant when they pay you differently. But uh, basically, I've been in sales 40 years. A lot of the time has been as a quote unquote consultant. And it's all for um, my specialty is is new business, uh, hunting for new business. So I'd either get hired by a company to open up a new territory, move a new product, and sometimes even do data analysis to find to find missing revenue or, or new revenue. So the whole thing is how I can grow the business and bring in new revenue. And whether I'm a consultant or even a direct employee, it's um, I'm always under a deadline. So I am either have a, a monthly quota, a quarterly quota, or as a consultant, I'm under a six-month contract so um a lot of the things i did for you know quote unquote hunting what it's prospecting is um is something that i had to do quickly and uh, so i used i created my own methodologies and uh, it was all in my head my intuition my wits and i used it for years and years and ultimately i decided to formalize it and put it in a book
1: nice okay as a way to explain everything that was going on and speaking of that as far as getting into your Mm -hmm. book what what would you say has been the biggest takeaway that people have come to you with so far that they've gotten from your book? Well,
3: the, the
1: picture in the back—it's
3: <laughs> like, boy, that's retouched. <laughs> but uh, other than that, they, um, a lot—I I didn't really let many people know I was writing a book, and it took a long time, a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. And um, and then when they found out, it was more of a surprise that I was able to write. Um, in the profession itself, it was um, a lot of it is a commentary on uh, the sales, the modern sales environment. In addition to my methodologies, so basically, I show the problems with sales, how to fix them using my methods. I'm also pretty good with analytics, so I created um, uh, statistical analytics to uh, to gauge the productivity of all these things. Um, but as it relates to the takeaway, a lot of people were cheering especially in the sales profession saying I wish somebody said this already because we're under the same type of obstacles that that you've been discussing and nobody can actually uh, you know discuss it or bring it up with management which is what I did
1: that's that's great to hear and appreciate the answer as far as you know sure. explaining you know what's you know, what people are taking away from the book and what's pushing you to, you know, continue doing what you're doing. So, um, again, we're talking to Mike LaRusso. So Mike has a book that's available wherever you can get books. The Sales Professional Survival Guide, a blueprint for tactical prospecting available, like I said, wherever you get your books. All right. And if you want to connect with him, connect with him on LinkedIn. Just search for Michael LaRusso. Tanya, do you have something for Mike?
2: Yeah, Mike, I actually had a quick question about the, um, you said it took a while to write the book. So what was your, like, what were the things that, um, what were the roadblocks that you were hitting, um, if you had any at all?
3: All it was was roadblocks. And part of the problem was the perception. I don't know if you ever, um, there's a book that's been out there for years and years. It's called The Power of Positive Thinking. And you might have heard of it. It's very famous. But there was a little pocket guide of it that they reduced. And it's just got some, you know, great little parables and advice and things like that. And I tried to make my I said, you know, I'm going to write a little pocketbook version of my methods. (laughs) And I figured it would take six months. That's what I had in my head. And, um, you know, besides the normal things of having kids and a regular life that gets in the way. Right. um, The best way to describe it, I was into I'm going to blow you away, but I was into year five of it. (laughs) wow okay Okay. (laughs) and i started getting concerned and i spoke to an engineer friend of mine and they said look if i told you to write the steps to changing a light bulb you would think it would take like 20 30 seconds and then if you realize you're saying well wait a minute i have to turn off the this switch and the gfc and and all of a sudden you realize it's 20 or 30 different steps right he says to write steps to hunt for business. <laughs> he goes, I couldn't even imagine what, what, what that would entail. So it was more of making it as exacting as possible. And um, I had to come up with my own terminology, because this was, like I said, I was doing this all in my head for years. Right. So I had to come up with my own terminology. And then um, I had a couple of people, close colleagues that review it. And they were saying at one point, they say, I get it, but I'm not getting it 100%. And I understand because you know, you've explained it to me. So that's when I said, you know what? Whenever I did the consulting, the important consulting now, not the other type, I always finish the job with, um, I would create statistical equations that anyone could then use. And then they punch into numbers and then anyone could do it. So I said, let me just do that as well. Um, and this way, anyone can understand it, they can punch in the numbers, but that added about three years to the book. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, let me put it this way. At one point, I, um, I decided this is going to be more of a textbook type of uh, book than just a you know what you'd think is just a storytelling thing. So that became my target audience uh, and ultimately became corporate executives as well as entry level sales, because uh, a lot of colleges have sales degrees. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were being taught all the wrong things, all the wrong things that are in in the modern sales environment. So I directed it toward both those markets, and to do that, think of the time it takes to write a textbook, especially right. from scratch.
2: <clears throat> right, for so, sure.
3: Um, I'll tell you, I'll be, a, I'll come out. It was ten years. <laughs> I thought it was wow. going to be six months.
2: <laughs> wow, from six months to ten years.
3: <laughs> but uh, hey, but I, can, I consider but, but it a sales master. It's so. out. It's out. And you know, as a little side note to it, I was writing a book and a lot of it was, here's the problems with the sales environment. And then here's the solution. And then I realized I have two books here. So I really have, it's a second book that's going through editing. That was part of it. So to give myself a little uh, defense there, it's really two books. I like it. And a lot of Starbucks. Let's put it that (laughs) way. That always works. You are now listening to the radio show ATL.
1: What is something that you keep in your car just in case? Uh,
0: fork. Don't at me.
3: Whoa. Wait, I need, Wait. I need follow up there. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's not, it's
0: not Whoa. Yeah. I will at you. I will yeah. at you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, let's uh
2: um, fork come out for I, I need yeah. a follow-up here. <laughs> yeah. A fork. Y'all y'all never like ordered food and couldn't they didn't give you the right utensils or you was hungry, you needed to eat it right then and there.
0: No,
3: I mean... that's
2: just me. Oh my god, I'm showing my greedy side. Yes
3: You're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. More into in depth. Well, yeah, I
2: wanted to
1: um, actually because you alluded to it in the question that Tanya asked you about where you were saying that some people were getting, I guess, the wrong signals about things. What are like? OK, so if someone's sitting down and they want to pick your brain, what do you feel like are the common mistakes made by people who are in sales that don't get talked about as much as they
3: should? OK, the book is it's basically attacking what's wrong with sales. And then you can look at my methods as, as the fix. But the first problem is just what you said. Everything is being done wrong in terms of if you take prospecting and, you know, like cold calling, all those things that you hear about, um, it's all wrong. What's being impressed upon sales professionals is just a wrong way of doing it. It doesn't produce enough, and it certainly doesn't um, produce enough in the, in, the, in the time frame that you're allotted. So um, I created something that produces. Let me, let me step back a second. When I was in the consulting uh, type of role, like I said, there were deadlines. You couldn't produce enough using the typical prospecting methods. You know, if I had a six month contract, I had to learn the product, learn the target customer, hunt them, sell them and move on and doing it with typical prospecting wouldn't work. So I had to create my own methods, which I did. Um, But to this day, it's still all the old style prospecting methods. And then a lot of these ancillary problems in sales are still impressed upon sales professionals. So you have, it's two things, actually. One is is human nature and one is structural. Uh, The human nature aspect of it is, and it's basically this, I'm a sales professional. And as a sales professional, you're in a performance-based compensation profession. So I only get paid on how I perform, but I'm being controlled by people who are in a guaranteed salary role (laughs) position. So they're telling me what I have to do And if I fail at it, they don't suffer the least financially. And that's the survival guide aspect of of the title. It's financial survival. And I've been through this, when when I was writing the book, I was really focusing on the methodology. And as I was thinking of, and I've been through hundreds of sales sales meetings, uh, SITs they call them, and working for different companies. I probably worked for 50 or so different companies. And I'm thinking about this as I'm writing, it became like cathartic. And I realized that 90% roughly of the companies I work for don't no longer exist. They're either been gobbled up, been structurally changed, or just like I put in the book, decisioned into the grave. And not a single one of them had to go away because of a lack of sales. And then- There was always there was enough sales or enough potential sales to keep the business running. And like I said, they were just decisioned away. And that then it became kind of like a a frustration passion with the book. And I made it into a commentary on here's the problems you're going to face. Here are the solutions. And here's the metrics, the equations I made to show to support both both of those positions.
1: Mike, when you when you said when you started talking about when you when you mentioned like comp compensation as far as like commission based and things of that nature, right. it makes it all become real, especially at the part where you mentioned that you have someone who's on a guaranteed salary who's telling you how you need to do your job, where everything you do hinges on that whether or not you can keep the lights on by doing this. So when you exactly in this mm-hmm. type of yeah, so when mm-hmm. you're working in this type of environment and the stress that comes along with that. What goal are you looking to accomplish before you figure, OK, I've had enough of this? Or is it one of those things where you get such an adrenaline rush from, you know, accomplishing your goal that you just want to do this till you can't anymore?
3: That, that's an interesting question, Very because it's not the adrenaline rush. <laughs> it's like, if we're, okay. I'd love to get out of this. <laughs> but uh, there's something in my fiber that, that pulls me. I, I have a degree in psychology. Let's put it that way. so, and I ended up in sales just because I'm originally from New York, and I think it's something with New Yorkers; they just know how to cut deals and they're doing business from you know the time they're 10 years old. And yeah. uh, and I, it's just always in me doing that, and I'm very good at uh, you know creatively finding out new ways to generate business. So it's just a natural. For me, but when you run into, like you said, the obstacles, yep. then it becomes a ex- real big frustration. And I even put in the book that a lot of the things you hear, I, I had to do secretly because they wouldn't even, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, it, I have a lot of anecdotes that bind all of these things together in the book and that everything in the book, I live personally. It's not like I'm borrowing anyone else's technique. So I created it and I lived it. And some of the anecdotes, which are pretty entertaining, now that I read them afterward, explain what you go through. And as it relates to cold calling, I was sitting in my office one day at the end of the day and a colleague came in and he was like, had his arms in the air triumphantly and said, I made 74 telephone calls today and got two appointments. And I said, I got two appointments today. I didn't make any phone calls using my methods. Okay. now, the point I'm trying to make is if both of us were standing in front of a manager and just said that story, I would be reprimanded and he would be rewarded. Because it's just the grunt work they they approve of, you know, and um, when I said the human nature aspect, is, like I say, they don't suffer financially, the structural aspect. And this is really what it comes down to. There's a tendency for I I don't want to use the term disrespect, but there's a trust issue with sales professionals, not not with them, people have of them. So it comes down to two things. If you have a positive attitude towards sales and the sales professionals, then you create strategies based on trust. But if you have a negative, then you create strategies based on control. And that's the scenario right now. It's all based on control until they control you out of a job (laughs) and then they turn you and bring somebody else in. I so know. I try and I try and make all of that clear and then I don't just complain because it's easy just to bitch, uh, but I, I try and give the solutions as well. The other book oh, is okay. bitching. <laughs> he said, he said, there's there's bitch no equations that. in that one. That's all stories.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <I like laughs>
1: that. nah, that's that's interesting. You know, you said that's a, I got some time to, you know, do my wine and then bitching on another one. But uh, again, so we're talking to uh, we're going gonna—we're not going to call you consultant. We're going to say sales expert, Michael LaRusso, all right, and author. All right? so sales he's got grunt. Book, the sales, I don't care. <laughs> sales grunt. No, we're going to call it professional. Uh, <laughs> the book is <clears throat> The Sales Professional Survival Guide, a Blueprint for Tactical Prospecting. So anywhere you get books, it's available. Go ahead and search that out. Show him some love on that one and connect with him on LinkedIn at Michael LaRusso. You my are now show. listening
2: to The Radio Show. Like I said, somebody just go out there and
0: check on Jane Girl Jones.
2: And let me know if I need to Uber him some juice or some soup or something. I, I'm glad to do it. Why
1: are sending that man some juice like he can't eat solid food? Like, let me send him some- <laughs> <laughs> Like, he had a nursing home or something.
3: You're listening to the radio show on YouTube and all other podcast providers.
1: By the way, I just,
3: uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of podcasts, and this is the first one, a couple of Atlanta people. So, you know, I'm out of Atlanta. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yo, I'm 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 in Atlanta. Tanya, is I'm one in New of my York. Guests. Oh, she's, New you're in York. New York. She's
2: in New York. Yes. Yeah. um, Queens. Oh, I was born in the Bronx. Oh,
3: the Bronx. <laughs> <And> <laughs> far away, right? And then yeah. about yeah, when we were kids, everyone moved over the river to Jersey, right? You know, right there. But I worked. I mean, I got my selling legs in the Bronx, Manhattan, Queen, all around there. That's and funny. you want to learn sales, boy? Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: I hear that a lot of that like was going on, like, you know, back in the, in the day, that's how they would like do stuff. And, right. I, you know, I think like earlier in the years, it was like, kind of like door to door stuff, right? You would go, oh to yeah, houses, you can't do that anymore. You no, know, you're not going, you're selling a vacuum or whatever it is, you and know, I sold
3: vacuums too. Yeah. So that I was, was a, like, I,
2: that was kind of like a thing back then.
3: Yeah. But it was, you, you really figured, cause you, you were dealing with a lot of people who just had business mindsets. Right. So it was cutting deals a lot of the time. Right.
1: It's, it, you can just tell from just talking to you that you got stories upon stories about things that you've encountered in your career. So let's see with this one. So is there one thing, like if you could get like a, a do over, what is one thing in your career? If you could just say, I wish I had that one back, what would that be? You made a,
3: a mistake I made or just when things went wrong?
1: It could be either. It could be something that was so great. He was like, man, I want to do that again. Or it could be either one. If you want to, just okay. do
3: over. I, there's a bunch, but I have to, I have to preface this, that um, none of them were do overs because of me.
0: I don't want okay. this to come
3: across the wrong way, <laughs> but I've come up with some really creative stuff in my career to do business. And like I said, if they were on the same type of compensation, they'd be all open ears to it. And they weren't, because like either it's a little risky or they don't get it and they kill, killed it. And I'll just give you one that it's really off the rails. Um, I was working for an international cellular phone company and there was a way we were selling, I don't know if you're familiar with like distributors and resellers, you know, it's like if somebody's selling a cell phone, you know, you go right. to a cell phone store. So we had to set up B2B type distributors for this. And the company was so, ah, what the hell, they were so arrogant, uh-uh. they, they, uh, 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 and a a um, professional sports team marketing department called them to try and sell them advertising, and they just disrespected them up and down. And then they it fell in my lap because it was in my territory. And to make a long story short, I saw a real opportunity. I had a little political capital because he was you know he had his tail between his legs, and we worked out a deal. And I turned a professional sports scene into a distributor of our product. Oh sweet, sweet. <laughs> As-
2: that's good game right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's for but sure. Uh,
3: you know, it's funny. A lot of this stuff too, um, you know, operations wise, non-sales stuff that is dependent on sales really is big obstacles to sales. And I, you know, I could tell a million stories about how I had to overcome things that had nothing to do with the sales ability. Like I had a deal sitting on a table and internally the process has killed it or tried to, and there's, there's too many of those stories. So the biggest one, I'll tell you, is um, a very large company I worked for way back when was put out of business with no need to be. And if I had a do over, <laughs> I'd, I'd attack it from a different angle. I wouldn't have let it happen. And this I'm talking, uh, it was um, 1600 employees. Was put into bankruptcy and uh, there was no need to, for it to happen.
2: Oh.
3: Man, so, but uh, yeah. Oh, you go ahead, Tanya, I'm sorry. That's a lot of employees. A lot of employees, a lot of opportunity. And, and keep in mind, these these situations, like I said, 90% of the companies, are, you know, they're not the same anymore. None of them would do a lack of sales. It's not like we were selling buggy whips and it became obsolete. Right. <laughs> I mean, that one company I told you about, we were on the cusp, the beginning of cellular phones. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it was all up at that point. And, uh, you know. It, ha- it, it just happens too often. And that was another motivation for the book. It's just enough was enough. If I can't get out of sales, I might as well make it clear to people what it's like and then how to fix it. You know, even if it took oh, 10 years. That's <laughs> okay. But you got it
1: done though. That's the thing. Got you know, it-, it took a while, but you, but you can say it at the end of it all, you got
3: it done. So, you know, here's the funny part about this business publishing and um I worked with a publishing company the whole time. Well, not the whole time, a good portion of the time, once I had something, uh, you know, the manuscript in, in place. And it was exhausting, working, 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 editing, etc. And then finally it got done. It goes to print and you're feeling oh, I'm done. I can take a deep breath. And they said to me, they sent me a letter, like a congratulation. And they said, congratulations on finishing the book. 5% of the job is done because now the marketing of it starts. (laughs) Like 5%? You're kidding. I'm exhausted. (laughs) So so Mike, let me ask
1: you, for someone who's going to watch and listen to this, who might be, I don't know, doing whatever it is they're doing, and they're like teetering on they're on Amazon right now, and they're like, I want to click on and buy this book. What could you say to somebody like that to push them over the top and say, you you need to purchase my book because of this? Because race. it's
3: going to show you more than just sales. It's going to give you a, a perspective on business in general. Even if you're not a salesperson. And beyond that, uh, the anecdotes are pretty entertaining but a funny point to, as it relates to that i've had editors i've had you know i had a lawyer over things you do that are non-sales people reviewing the book and this is the funniest point when you, you i think you brought up a question earlier about what sales can take away if non-sales people read some of this stuff they can't believe it that it goes on it's like foreign to them like why would a manager do that or why i'll give you an example and this is minor um talk about how they waste your time or they not waste the use of your time because it doesn't affect them directly. Uh, and this is a very minor story, but, uh, you know, I, I worked two. O- uh, the office was two hours from my territory. and uh, so, and we had a Monday morning sales meeting at eight in the morning and I, you know, you're driving Atlanta, it's two hours to oh. get to where you got to go. Oh, <laughs> <right? for sure. laughs> You drive up there two hours, you sit at the table waiting for, and the VP of sales comes in on Monday morning and says, well, I really don't have anything for you guys today. I'm like, so I got to drive back to my terrace. So you just wasted four hours of my day? And I'm like, would you have done that if you earned the same compensation structure that I did? You would certainly bring up something sales wise. And that's a minor example, but it's things like that all the time
2: right because it doesn't directly yeah.
3: affect them so doesn't I, directly affect them why do i care if you got a drug traffic? Can, and this isn't just uh, you know my, my thought process this is I, evidence because i've worked in organizations where they tried to force these mandates on sales professionals and then i don't want to use the word demote but they were they could have been a vp of sales or sales manager and then through downsizing they made them into a salesperson again and they didn't do a thing that they tried to force on us <laughs> not a single cold call not any of them, anything that uh, you know w- they told us would would help you do sales so
1: Man. so the, the stories that you you're telling my like, I could relate to you cuz when i was i was younger one of the first like jobs i guess you could say in corporate was uh, doing telemarketing selling local phone service for i guess you call it, well it was uh mabell uh was turned into AT&T at that AT- point or mm-hmm. whatever but um i you know going back in those days of navigating that like i guess it was so like i could see a lot of people were in there stressed out i mean it's like my i'm you know in my early 20s so i'm just ha- in there having fun i'm not really it's not really a big right. deal but I, I can i can remember those rigors of being under the gun or trying to force someone on the phone to listen to you before they're hanging up you know um the first week that i did that job it took me the entire first week to get my first sale. I couldn't get anybody to stay on the phone. Like I could have used your book back in that day. You
3: know, <laughs> well, just- the book would have told you you're doing, you're wasting your time. But All right. <laughs> that's that's not encouraging. But just assume now, like you said, you're you're a 20 year old guy, right? Imagine you got a family to support, and they're making yeah. you prospect that way, which which is which happens, right? And you try and explain to them, and it's funny because in the book I, I told you I have the equations. I have actual metrics that show this doesn't work. It will not work. Here's the metrics that prove it out. And it's it they risk their position by not by doing it a different way. I'm talking management. Yeah. Um, because when they get, like I said, they get demoted to sales. They don't pick up the phone once. <laughs> they uh. find all the little advantages to get ahead, which is kind of like what I'm talking about in the book, but it's very formalized. And, you know, uh, there's certain, it's basically, um, the the basic concept is familiarity breeds comfort. So you're creating what I call allies. It's tactical prospecting uh, is the foundation. And on top of it is what's called the alliance process. And in essence, you're building allies who have connections to other accounts. And that's how you're generating your business. And, you know, anyone with with any sort of business acumen can say, yeah, that makes sense. If I know a guy who's going to know, I'm going to speak to that person, you know, rather than make 100 cold calls.
1: Yes, because that 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 calling somebody when they just happen to be, you know, eating or something is not that's not a that's not an easy hill to climb at all. So
3: and it's called cold call. It's called cold for a reason. Yes. They don't know you. You're a stranger. They don't know if the, you're you don't know if they need the product. They don't know who you are. It's, it's yes. like, how are you going to create it's... a rapport within, you know, two minutes and then do not that? Even two, like say, not even two minutes in some cases.
1: In some cases, you got from the time that that phone in uh, 10 seconds to try to get anything out of there to try to hold them on. If and here here's here's
3: a lot of the difference. Uh, uh, see, you got me going off in tangents here. but <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what we if, do around if, sometimes. If but.
3: you. <laughs> I'm a talker. If you pick up a sales book or even part of sales training, they will impress that type of thing on you. You know, the whole thing about perseverance. And and here's the funny part, just numerically. You're you're a telemarketer and your job is just to make phone calls. But as a sales professional, they want you to prospect that way. But you have to go out and sell the appointment also. So if if it takes me eight hours to make 100 calls and I can generate two appointments, I have to go on the appointments the next day. So then I don't have eight hours to do that again because it's cutting in. So it reduces the number of times I can do it, which reduces your appointments. And then it cascades out of control. And the funny part about all of this is, and I have this in the book, it's they deny reality with the metrics staring them right in the face. And nobody hits quota. People are put on. I don't know if you know what a PIP is—a personal improvement plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: right? And it just goes on and on. And I've literally worked in organizations where their the sales department has 100 turnover. Imagine everybody being turned over every year. Now imagine oh, yeah, that was a- in. Like the accounting department or the IT department. Imagine the accounting department at 100 percent turnover every year. Would you they could, blame you, the accounts? <laughs> you couldn't survive. You couldn't survive if one you of those survive. departments
1: just oh, up and walked out. You couldn't make it.
3: You couldn't right. su- survive. But in only in sales is management rewarded for turning them over because churn now has become kind of like a prospecting method in itself. Have you heard of the, you know the CRM, the the um, it there's a lot of IT tools and one is called the the Customer Relation Management Tool. And the yep. whole idea for that, it's a, it's a giant way to keep an eye on sales professionals because they have to type in all their activity. So what happens is I work and I type in my activity and I tell them what I did and I do this for six months or whatever. Then I get fired. And the next person who takes my spot has all that information already in there to help them along. And their job is to put in six months of information and so on and so on. And they just feel it's, You know that's the way to do things because sales professionals, for some reason, are always um, they're expendable because of a lack of respect. Yeah, I haven't. It 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 comes down to this concept, and and this has been forever now. I said I've been doing this forty years. If you asked any employee in an organization, in a business, saying what's the most important thing to a business, I mean, if you had to say for them to grow, to pay everybody so it survives, you'd say sales. Everyone would say sales for the most part, but if you ask the same employees who are the most important employees in the company, none of them would say the sales employees.
1: No, nope. <laughs> they're, they're gonna they're gonna name the CEO or some director, the CEO or, some other or the show.
3: CFO or yeah, you know, I really like right. the you know the, uh, the 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 in-house counsel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: yeah.
3: that that's part yeah. of the issue. So if you had to take a. I got a better takeaway for you for the book. <laughs> and I have this in here. It's a well-earned defense of sales professionals. It's a well needed and a well-deserved defense of them. Well, and it gives a realistic view coming from somebody who's done it. We know you're not expendable, Mike. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm ask my wife. I don't know
1: about <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she said you're not expendable. So um, we got um I got one more uh, uh, question here for you, Mike, and then um, we got a little, I guess you call it activity or game to get into, to just open you up a little bit more here. Um, So do you have, okay, so you got this book right now. Mm -hmm. Is there any other thing on the horizon that you want to speak about that you got coming that you're considering doing anything that, you know, you want to, I guess.
3: Besides another book? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, whatever you well, got th- i have another book in the hopper and that's uh it's going through editing now so um i got <laughs> all the psychological scars have healed so <laughs> go back and go out. do it again
1: rip off the <laughs> band
3: right but beyond that um it's going to be more of panel type of discussions and getting the whole concept that i'm trying to promote get it out there and yes. you can call it sales training but it's more of uh letting everybody know what the heck's going on in the sales world
0: because i think okay.
3: everybody really wants to know what it is and they're afraid to say it i'm afraid to say it too but what the heck you know nah. <laughs> you know it's, you, it's you survive that now.
1: environment so you can survive another another book you know you got <laughs> you got it in you i hope so <laughs> i i'd say you do so so the last thing that we got here uh mike is that um we, we, you know, we interview a lot of guests on here, but we also, when we're not interviewing guests, we do just show where we're talking about topical things. So one of the things that we do is that my brother has a segment, <clears throat> excuse me, a segment called One Gotta Go, where we will take a, a section of a certain group or foods or something, mm-hmm. and you have to pick which one of them has to get out of here. So with this one, we're gonna, we got five actors here, and if you choose them to go, it's them, what's on the line is them and their entire body of work, and one of them has to go, all right? so <clears throat> these are the five ones right here so it's jim carrey adam sandler bill maher uh steve carell and will farrell so out of adam all five of those one and all their work has to get out of here adam sandler really adam Sandler?
3: oh okay, so, my goodness <laughs>
2: okay interesting <laughs> and he's so, like,
3: i know I don't get a queen's boy i know <laughs> <laughs> I love I, Adam Sandler. He got to go. Whoa. I'm sorry. No I never judgment. really, I like his standup, but I never get it. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't see this. And, <laughs> I hope <he> does, actually. <laughs> yeah, that will be good. I love your standup, Adam. It's just the, the movies. I never, it's, it's hard to, although I did watch one of his movies with Jennifer Aniston.
1: So he just, so mo- movie wise, it just didn't do it for you. So you just like, just wipe yeah, his whole the catalog thing. out.
3: It, yeah, I, I think he's hilarious. You know when he did his uh, Saturday Night Live stuff and his stand-up. but you know sometimes it's tough for certain comedians to transfer to film. You yeah. know because there's a lot of improv aspect of it. I'm giving. I'm I'm trying to save myself here. didn't. <laughs> well, there was no
1: hesitation on that one. So let me ask. Out of the list here, out of the list here, Mike, which one of these just ain't going nowhere? Like they're staying, no question. Which who is that? Which one of, out of these are staying? Uh, no question. Oh, Jim
2: Carrey. I knew you were going to say that.
3: <laughs> Why are they making funny faces?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I like Jim Carrey a lot too. So those are like my two favorite.
3: Yeah. because okay. He's got a great delivery and then, you know, the facial expressions just really add to the lines. Yeah. Mike, you were decisive with your answer on
1: that one. Cause you was like, he didn't hesitate, Tanya. So <laughs> Ty, I'm going to swing it to you. So out of these five, so Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Bill Maher, Will Ferrell, or Steve Carell, which one of them and all their work got to, got to go.
2: I think Will Ferrell. I don't really, I don't really care for him too much. Um, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he's he funny. my
3: second. He's yeah.
2: funny, but he can go. You know, for me. you know what
3: his savior, his saving grace though, is the movies with uh, Mark Wahlberg.
2: Yeah, those comedies baby, really put yeah him over the
3: top for me. Yeah, so those
2: are. Those I'm sorry, are I'm taking good.
3: your time here. But... No, 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 that's fine.
2: <laughs> I, I don't mind. I'm just you know you,
3: you talk up. movies with me. We'll be on for another hour. I'm oh, with, I love movies. movies too. But... Forget about it. What's,
2: Ty, you you didn't like old school. That's a funny um, movie.
1: I all right. it, well. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was that okay.
3: well. It was okay. Yeah, but you got well, you got two or three of the actors in that one, right? Steve right. Carell's in that, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if another one.
1: That's interesting. I didn't. I, I don't know. I had you pegged differently, Tanya. I, I thought you'd go a different route. But that's the beauty of being surprised by by playing this game or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was lo- I was looking at all these, and I was like, all, all of these guys have something I like, except for. Bill Maher. I don't even know why he's on this list. He can just, he he can go. It's cool. You know?
3: I I think um, he's very funny, though. Even when he did the uh, talk show stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got a presence, definitely, but all these guys on here, outside of him, have, like, a movie or something that I could point back to and said... That's true. Yeah, you know, I could get with that, like... Mike adam sandler out here but man happy gilmore is like one of my favorite movies like <laughs> if, it's, if it comes on somehow wherever i find it i'm gonna watch it because it's just that you know, the, you um... know it's
3: funny because i was teaching my one of my daughters how to hit a golf ball and i said you look just like happy gilmore
2: <laughs> the wedding singer is my favorite from him i know wedding that's Singing. a little older yeah, yeah. nice also, i also like the
1: Water Boy from him too but um yeah, well, all these guys—they all have something with Bill Maher. not not so much. So that's the only reason why I'm kicking him out. Because the rest of the guys just have stuff that just I remember, and they just like resonate with me. Because Jim Carrey on and live *In Living Color* is some of the funniest stuff you'll see. You know, that's just him. That's Jennifer Lopez you know. too. Yes, you know I mean, that show that's started it. kickstarted a lot of careers. So
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, did. yeah so this was uh, definitely a cool round of one got to go. Mike said Adam <laughs> Sandler got to get up out of here. And Tanya said that. <laughs> Um, Who would you say? Will Ferrell had to get up out of here, and I got mm-hmm. Bill Murray. Either way it goes, you know, we had a, a good time figuring out what everybody likes and does. You it. are now listening
2: to the radio show.
1: I, I guess I'll go next while we wait on him. This is kind of, this is like low key motivational. So y'all just stay with me, okay? Okay. Y'all ever had somebody that like wanted you to fail? like just didn't want to see you be successful. Mm. And then you kept grinding and kept grinding and doing what you had to do. And then you made it where you wanted to go. And you kind of just got to turn around and kind of show off, like, hey, I did this. You doubted me, you know what I'm saying? Well, that happened to me, you know, I had a struggling fantasy football team, you know what I'm saying? I (laughs) thought this was real life. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> this is real yeah. life. I'm sorry. I apologize, We continue. <laughs> you're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. So,
1: <laughs> Mike, um, just I guess to put a bow on uh, mm-hmm. everything, um, your expertise on the subject of sales is very apparent. You can see it in the way that you freely speak about it, that you're someone who knows what they're talking about, and people should be checking for you and your book and the books to come, mm-hmm. and we hope, you know, that everything uh, continues to work out well for the book. So, again, for people who are going to watch on YouTube, if you would take a look at the screen, we we'll have the information there for, uh, like I said, the book is The Sales Professionals Survival Guide, A Blueprint for Tactical Prospecting. So that's on Amazon. You can get it at Target. It's available anywhere that you get books. Show Mike some love. Check it out. All right. Or my and website. Too. At- Check out his website as well. We'll have that information in the podcast okay. description. And then. On LinkedIn, he's welcoming you to connect with him on LinkedIn. Just search for mm-hmm. Michael LaRusso, find him on LinkedIn. I'm sure you probably be open to, you know, I, I was gonna use the consulting word again, but uh we're just gonna say, you know, give me some props that I'll you know. there we go. <laughs> but um, I say
3: consulting, they get maybe you get paid more.
1: <laughs> we get paid more. Yeah, you gotta you gotta dress it up a little bit, you know. Yeah, I know. I it's know. definitely a not, not grunt work, but, but um Mike, um this was a a very informative, uh, you know, sit down, and you know, we just appreciate the time. And uh, yes. we'd love to, wow. you know, speak to you in the future when the next book comes.
3: Absolutely, and I had a lot of fun. This was great,
2: yeah,
1: nice, nice. So, again, great Michael talking Maruso, to you author, and we're gonna say sales consultant so we can get him some <laughs> more money. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate you, Mike. And uh, we'll be talking again soon. Okay, take, take care, care guys. It was lovely Bye-bye. talking Thanks. to you. You too. You are now
0: listening to the radio show. There's
1: that knowledge you can't learn in college right here.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Little news you can't refuse and hopefully not abuse, you
0: know? We ain't
1: doing nothing here but trying to help folks get their weather together, church,
0: that's it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kristen, you sound very pimp-adjacent, and I like it.
3: You're listening to the radio show ATL on YouTube and all other podcast providers. All right.
1: Tiny, we're back here on Aftermath. We just got done talking to Mike LaRusso. He don't like being called a sales consultant, but he says the name gets him a little bit more money, but he's also an author as well. What'd you pick up on from that conversation that we just had with Mike?
2: Um, So, you know, it took him such a while to write the book. I was so surprised about that when he gave the time frame from six months. um, I think he said 10 years, but it was two books. I was like, whoa. You know, but I think the the best part is that it was finished. It took him a while, but it was completed. And I think that's motivation right there.
1: It is, it is. And for me, some of those stories really resonated with me because for three years I worked that type of job. I wasn't under that type of stress because I really, I didn't have a family at that point in time and none of that stuff, but still, I know what that's like where you have people who are guaranteed to be getting money telling you, hey, you need to be doing this when you're paid on what you're you're selling. So him writing a book to help out people like that is a big deal. So um, if you take a look at the screen, we got the information for the book from Mike there. So it's a long title, but it's on the screen right there. The Sales Professional Survival Guide A Blueprint For Tactical Prospecting Try saying all that Three times fast All right So that's One in one breath Amazon Target Wherever you get books It's available there All right Check out his website MikeLarusso.com And then connect with him He's inviting you Connect with him On LinkedIn All right Just search for Michael LaRusso All right Show him some love A like, a follow A listen All that stuff counts Check out his book All right For sure All right Now for our lovely co-host Tanya, notorious moms podcast tanya can you tell the people where they can find your podcast where they can watch you on youtube and listen to you as well
2: uh notorious mom the podcast that's everywhere youtube um instagram facebook tiktok that's that's new but i mean i've had it for a while but it's always going to be notorious moms with a z the podcast
1: Information yeah. is on the screen and in the podcast description. Please give Tanya a listen. I also made an appearance on her podcast as well, so you can check out my episode when I hung out with her as well because I'm always you know, ready for a chance to hang out with Tanya because she is definitely a friend of the show. Now,
2: to round this
1: out, all right, for the radio show ATL, if you want to be a guest, on the Radio Show ATL, just send us an email to inbox at gmail.com or you can send us a text 678-800-1677 We look forward to hearing from you. So again, thanks to Michael LaRusso for all of his wealth and knowledge in the sales industry. Thanks to Tanya, our beautiful guest host from Notorious Moms Podcast and thanks Thank you to you, you, the listeners. Alright, so we appreciate y'all and we will catch you next time. Bye! Hi, these are
2: the guys from the
1: ZZ Talk Podcast.
2: I'm
3: Zeno. I'm Zeus. We are podcasting.
0: Hey, this is Alora Lovelight and you're tuned in to the radio show ATL. Make sure to check out my latest single Erodicy and follow at It's the Radio Show on Instagram. If you want your music heard on the radio show, email the radio show inbox at gmail.com.